Hello everyone. Welcome back to Project Function episode number nine. On today's podcast, I discuss the important themes and applicability, if that's a word, to from the book Midnight Library. And kind of other things as well. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. They landed at Plymouth With a smile on the face They said keep some sunshine on your face going on everybody welcome back to the ninth podcast my name is Billy Gall I'm your host and it's Tuesday night might be recording a podcast with my buddy Ryan Ayala tomorrow I really know trying to figure out Trying to start to do interviews because, I don't know, solo casts are pretty hard. Pretty hard to do. It's pretty hard to come up with topics to talk about, especially as just a college kid. I'm not in high school. <laughs> but today I figured, right now, I'm just going to try and freestyle. Figured I'd just, you know, get right to it. Talk about this book called the Midnight Library, the meaning, and how applicable it is to everyone's life. And this book, The Midnight Library, was written by Matt Haig, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, and my roommate gave it to me, and I'm very glad that I read it. Like I said, need a lot more novels and self-help books. This is a bit of both. Tells a really interesting story about a girl named Nora Seed. And this girl is having a midlife crisis and she's just incredibly depressed doesn't want to live anymore. Dad died of a heart attack. Mom died of cancer. Doesn't speak to her brother anymore. She just feels of no use to anyone or anything around her. And she's done. She's sick of it. She's sick of life. Feels that she has no contribution to others. And that her life is the world would be better off without her. And it goes through her last hours of life before she attempts to take her own life by overdose. And I'm not going to spoil the end of the story. But she suddenly wakes up kind of in this middle 
part between life and death. And she soon meets her librarian from when she was a kid, Miss Elm. And she discovers what the Midnight Library is. And the Midnight Library is a bunch of books. It's a place people come, go. You know, it's fictional. I hope it's real because it's kind of cool. It's pretty sad, but it's cool. And she comes to this place and... It's just a... Eventually they describe it as... Our brains simplifying... Some crazy dynamic... In our lives. And... It's where you can... You know, she... In her case, she picks up a book off the shelf, and that book is a different life. She lived in another universe. Um, There's kind of some quantum physics that goes along with it. And she first gets there, and she's shocked, and she meets her school her middle school library librarian who um, was just a you know fictional character of her mind her brain simplifying some complex idea and creating this figure of Miss Elm and Miss Elm's like guiding her through all of these books and the first book she picks up is the book of regrets and this is by far the biggest book in the entire library and she looks at it and it's all the lives that she could have left all the things she regrets not doing and all the things all the lives she believes she would have enjoyed if she had pursued and not given up on whatever it was and then Miss Elm tells her to find a book. She pretty much has to. The reason that the reason she's in this place is because in reality she doesn't want to die. But she doesn't know that. She just thinks you know, this goes along with thinking. Believing your thoughts. Your your thoughts don't really n- replicate what you think like just because she wanted to die she attempts to overdose and she goes to this place in between life and death and she doesn't necessarily die and the only way that she, the only reason she's there is because subconsciously or whatever she doesn't realize that she doesn't actually want to die. And Miss Elm takes her and asks her, you know, what regrets, what life's, what things do you regret doing? And then from that, she picks up books for her to transport into that life 
and to see what that life is really like. And there's so many scenarios. First couple are like what she really regrets and thinks that, you know, her life would be so much better if she was this other person instead of giving up on her multitude of dreams. And in every single one, she's dissatisfied. And you're only in that life you're only in that life as long as you're happy in that life and you're only and once once you you're not satisfied and you realize you're not satisfied you go back to the library and there's so many things that go into it it's it's really a great story um but what she ends up realizing throughout her adventures and different lives that she believes she would be so much happier in was that Every single life she thought would be so much better and she regrets not acting in certain ways to achieve that life. And she goes to that life and there's always something wrong with it. There's always something different about it. One life her dad doesn't die and she becomes an Olympic swimmer. Olympic gold medalist swimmer, which was one of her dreams as a child. But her dad cheated on his, her mom and, like, exacerbated. He didn't die of a heart attack. And then he, I guess, had an affair with this lady, this mother of a fellow swimmer. And he exacerbated his mom, the... Nora Seed's mom's cancer and she dies earlier than she died in her original life and this happens multiple times one of them I can't I I don't want to spoil the story but like it's just an unbelievable story because we all live with so much regret and belief that we could be so much happier than we are. When in reality, we probably wouldn't be that much different. It wouldn't be that much different. We, at least our feelings, you know, according to this book, we are living a multitude of lives in a bunch of universes. It's what, I guess, quantum physics shows that there's multiple there's parallel universes and each each universe she goes to she realizes that she is not that much better off with fulfilling whatever she regretted and that in every life you're, everything's going to be different and so many things could be different. And Miss Elm says that it's really hard to predict what's going to make you happy. And I mean, I think that's the most, that's my favorite quote from the book. Because we all live these lives, these complex lives, 
that are very simple at the same time. And we believe all these things that, you know, we'd be so much happier if so on and so forth. When in reality, that's not necessarily the case. I'll give you an example. I transferred to, transferred out of the last school I went to because I just struggling, wasn't enjoying myself. Um, Just knew I needed something different knew it wasn't for me so I transferred to a a bigger school I'm in Colorado I'm from New Jersey I'm all the way in Colorado and you know like you think oh I'm gonna be so much happier and not to say that I'm not happy because I'm I'm honestly doing a lot better than I ever was because learning more about myself I'm out here on my own kind of in a lot of ways away from my family But there's trade-offs. There's trade-offs to everything we do. There's trade-offs to every life we think we're going to live. Or everything that we think will make us happier. And a few of those are... I don't know too many people out here. I was always part of a team. Um, Managing a lacrosse team this semester. Because I'm not playing. Hopefully I'll play next week next year sorry but there's trade-offs like I miss my friends at Scranton for sure I'm, gl- I'm I'm happy that I left but I miss my buddies I miss my teammates I miss my family and this isn't like me sulking like I'm I am really just a lot better off doing what I'm doing right now being out here but just a year ago you know you think you're gonna be so much happier like it's just going to open up a whole new world. And it does in a way, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be incredibly happy all the time. I could have played, continued playing lacrosse. I missed lacrosse. In high school, I could have put in more effort to get recruited and get stronger and all that bullshit. It's like, you used to think I would be so much better off. I'm happy that I'm here right now and I'm doing what I want to do and I don't necessarily have too many regrets and it's really hard to live with regret you're constantly in the past constantly thinking about somewhere else instead of just being where your feet are at and you can't escape You just got to deal with it. You got to deal with whatever's going on. And Nora ends up realizing that clearly she doesn't want to die. She lives so many lives, finds peace, almost gets killed by a polar bear. And, but she keeps going. And the Midnight Library stays alive. And when, when she really wanted to die for the whatever, however much time once she was in there and she realized, like, I want to escape, I want to die. It all started, like, crumbling. There was malfunctions going on and that was truly her wanting to die. And then once that started happening, she realized how much she wanted to live, how much she wanted to pursue 
who she was and who she could be because she knew that there was a multitude of things that she could be doing. And she even lives like, she even lives lives that she never even regretted not doing. She was like a wine connoisseur, connoisseur, however the hell you say, with some dude in California. She's like, this is the fakest life ever. I don't like this. And then she's like a rock star in one life. And she's so famous. And... But her brother's like an alcoholic. Like, there's there's trade-offs to so many things in life. That's the thing. I just watched three videos for this essential management class that I'm taking. And it's really funny because it's kind of a joke. It was described to me as a GPA booster. So, that'll, that goes to show. And it's like the last... It's a business elective, and I'm trying to graduate on time for this this essential management class. We like we've practiced mindfulness in class, and like we meditated for one day. It's not all that we did, but it might as well have been because it's kind of a joke. But there's in this in this one video. This dude was saying how they pretty much tested, like, they gave BS tests to see if people could really make up their mind on what they wanted. And when given an option to do something else or have something else than what they have, a majority of the time people are taking that. And when people don't have that option and don't have that way out or they don't think that they can do anything or have that that option out, you know, that they were perfectly satisfied with what they had. And another one that they, they talked about was that was they asked people, who do you think is happier? Um, a paraplegic who lost his legs a year ago or someone who has the ability to walk around and has their legs and everyone's like obviously the person with the legs <laughs> well after a year that's not true we're at the baseline of the same happiness we have the same baseline for happiness and I mean it goes to show a lot of things like, you don't necessarily need to escape whatever you're going through. And you don't... It's a really hard topic to talk about, but trust me. You want to live, and you want to pursue something. It's not... Tomorrow may be the cloudiest day of the year may have the shittiest day of the year but then there comes another day and it's the most beautiful day ever and then the next day and that might even top that of the worst days ever and then the next day and that might even top the best days ever so you you got to look for the opportunity in things there's so much opportunity around you around all of us 
to get up every day and do something and learn something and pursue something that'll fulfill you. And the truth is you, you can't chase happiness because you, you're never going to be content with what you have. And you're not going to be content as you are. It all comes from within us. We're all capable of finding it within us. I'm probably going to go through this and edit it. And I don't know. This was a... This was quite the podcast. But... I don't know. I just need to keep putting output. And I didn't prepare for this because I'm... I just learned how that I'm not going to fail my accounting class potentially because I understand it a lot better than I did the first day because I thought I was doomed. But I learned about crediting and debiting, and now I'm off. I'm off on a hot start. But, yeah, hopefully I get a podcast with host of the Alchemist Library fellow Latin scholar, high school friend, but please read, read books, please, they're really interesting, once you can get out of your ADHD, consuming everything, brain fog, life, you'll realize that reading books is kind of the shit, and then you start to read books fast and you're like whoa I could do this and then you start speaking properly and then your grades go up and that's the process of reading books but I'd highly recommend people read the Midnight Library it's an incredibly well written book and the themes are so awesome And it kind of ties into what I talked about last week with the interpersonal relationships. Oh, and, I mean, I I guess getting on that topic. I just listened to Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. And Jordan Peterson was, like, shooting, shooting all this stuff pretty much down. But it wasn't, he wasn't really talking about Alfred Adler. He was just talking about how cynical and narcissistic the point of view is to say that all humans just strive for power and I guess in that book superiority so it's like it's so fun learning new things and then you hear a different perspective on it or a new perspective on it and you're just like oh like I guess that's actually true but that's kind of how I saw it I was like yeah interpersonal relationships are definitely a huge part of at least my problems and my worries but they're not necessarily it's not all that you know there's more to it but the more you know the more you listen the more you read the more you learn so read listen to podcasts do all that stuff because it's grow your capacity to understand the world around you and just going back to Nora Seed you don't even understand the impact you have on a multitude of people 
around you by just getting out of bed every day. You really don't. I don't think I understand the impact. I I don't think I ever understood the impact I had on the people around me. And I still don't, you know, you never will. But I understand the impact that other people have around me and if you use that logic and think, oh, well, someone has to think this of me, like, yeah, that's true. There's really important people out there to you and you have to realize that you're an important person to someone else a very important person to someone else and you just gotta get up you just gotta be you just gotta you literally just have to breathe just go throughout your day do whatever I couldn't sit in a high school classroom without freaking the F out and I didn't even freak out. I would just like, I would just like begin to panic, begin to panic, and then I'd escape because I couldn't deal with it because I didn't know how to deal with it. And now I do. And now I deal with this shit. I still have it. I go to class every day and I'm like gonna freak out. There's so many people in my freaking class compared to every class I've ever been in. And I'm just like stuck in these stupid wobbly chairs that are stuck to the desk. That are like they're like roller chairs that are built into the desk and it's like what the heck is even that I can't get out and I've just learned to deal with it but it doesn't go away like all these things don't go away you just learn how to deal with them that's very important and if you're gonna take away anything from this podcast just understand that it's it's nearly impossible to predict what will make you happy and I mean that just makes sense because you think we set these goals and then you achieve the goal and then you're the next thing you know you're setting another goal and chasing the next step and you're never just content with what you have I believe happiness is contention and once you're content with what you have and spend time with people around you that you enjoy being around, you'll feel that, feel that happiness. And one of the videos pointed out that the percentage of people that are that spend more time with people around them are so much more happier than the people who are isolated. I watched this movie Into the Wild. It's a book. I'll probably read it because it was a really good movie. Really sad. Watched it with my roommate at my past school. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to the Scranton Royal Lacrosse team. They're going to crush it this year. Get a landmark championship. Fuck Elizabethtown. Fuck Catholic University. Like, what the fuck kind of name is Catholic University? But at the end, it's pretty much he is isolated. But at the end, he's living in this... I can't even explain it. He's living in a bus by himself in, like, Alaska. And he's straight up about to die. And he writes on a paper 
happiness is shared. Because happiness, you feel happy as you share it with someone. Something that I've, I'm really working on is focusing on being with people, being present when I'm with people instead of annoyed by their presence. (laughs) Which is hilarious because I get bothered pretty easily. And I really got to work on it, but like, just like understanding those things that your tendencies is important. And since we went over 30 minutes and I didn't think I would get through 30 minutes, that's for sure. So I started this. Um, I'm going to call it here. And if I, if I release this, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully I'll get that podcast out with Ryan very soon. And he'll have some interesting perspective. And he's done a great job with this podcast. So I'm going to shout him out. And I'm going to give him the opportunity to speak for himself on my platform and learn from him. So if you want to join me in listening to that, look out for that. Other than that. I'll see you next Wednesday. Let's have a great week. Pick up a book. Just get through the first 50 pages. I promise you, once you're over that, you'll start enjoying it. And it'll make you feel a lot more present and focused. And just overall, you're just going to feel better. So thank you once again for tuning in. Project Function, Episode 9. I'm out.